0: Hello everyone. So welcome back to another episode of Integrative Wellness Radio. I am Dr. Nicole and I am flying solo today to bring to you information about vasectomies. So this is something that I recently spoke about on social media and there has been tons of inquiries, tons of DMs, tons of questions. And I really wanted to bring a longer format of content around this topic so that people have a better understanding of what a vasectomy is, what it does, where things could potentially go wrong, and of course, what can we do about it? So I wanna preface with one, this is all about raising awareness and raising awareness for two reasons. So some of you out there might be considering a vasectomy for yourself, or your family. You know, a lot of husband and wives are having conversations around, is this the best alternative for birth control for our family? And because most doctors are saying that vasectomies are totally safe and effective, it seems like a very reasonable and good option. Number two is that for those of you that have had a vasectomy and maybe a couple of months or even a couple of years down the line, you now have an onset of odd symptoms And those symptoms could be your memory isn't as good as it used to be. It could be that you've been diagnosed with an autoimmune or neurodegenerative condition like MS or ALS. Um, Maybe you've developed prostate issues. Uh, It could be as, as benign as inflammation like prostatitis, or it could be as serious as prostate cancer. Or maybe you are dealing with some interesting cardiovascular things like irregular heartbeat or random heart palpitations or even atherosclerosis, which is placking in the arteries. So overall is one, I want people to have information to weigh out if you're planning on getting a vasectomy. I also want you to be able to understand if you have an onset of symptoms that seem out of nowhere and you don't know what to do, and it it freaks you out every day because you're like, where did this come from? What do I do about it? That at least this will give you some insight as to maybe what was the catalyst that took your health in a different direction? And then of course, what could be potential solutions for that? So with that being said, the reason why I'm here talking about this topic is because I had Three specific cases come through my doors over the past few years. The first one, I honestly didn't even think too much about a vasectomy being a huge player in their case. But by the third case, which was more recent, I had to stop and pause and say, there's got to be more to the story here. So all three cases had a diagnosis of ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease, which is a neurodegenerative. Condition that it can look different in people, but it can progress into paralysis of the throat, the paralysis of the tongue, paralysis of the respiratory system, which can obviously then lead to death. So, of course, with working with these cases, we need to look at everything. We need to understand, you know, we need to understand childhood ailments, we need to understand a full medical history, interventions, toxicity different exposures. So when we're doing our consultation, we are considering all of those aspects. But as we dive into timeline, we often find very interesting things that were leading up to the diagnosis or the symptoms. So in all three of these cases, we had different factors. We had one individual who had cyanide toxicity from working on a gun range, We had another individual who had mold toxicity from living in a water damaged building. Um, We had another individual that had neurological Lyme disease that was completely debilitating. So they all had different environmental factors or, or infectious factors that were playing a negative role in the body. But when they really started to have the neurodegeneration kickoff was right when Within a few months, I should say, of the vasectomy. So I started to investigate, what does a vasectomy do? Because it's not just about looking at studies. You can find studies to support whatever you want to support. If you want to support that a vasectomy is safe and effective, you can find studies on that. If you want to investigate, is a, is a vasectomy, could it cause X? You can find research on that. So we need to take research with a grain of salt. We definitely want to keep it as a data piece, but we also need to consider other factors. And that's really how I think as a practitioner is, okay, we have these studies that showcase that most vasectomies are safe. And then we have a couple of studies showcasing that vasectomies can kick off autoimmune conditions, can actually even lead to prostate issues, including prostate cancer. And I will share the resources on these studies so that you can see them, but I'm going to be talking more about them as we go. But also, what does a vasectomy do? You know, what exactly is happening? So I'm going to get dorky with you for a minute. I'm going to go through a little bit of anatomy because I think this is very important because It's not going to make a ton of sense unless you have a basic understanding of what is happening here. So, most people know what the testicles are. So, you have the testicles, you have a gland that is uh, pretty much connected to the testicles, which is called your epididymis. Your epididymis works with the sperm in order to get the sperm into the vas deferens, which is the duct that gets severed in uh, a vasectomy, which makes sense. Because it's preventing the sperm from working its way up to get into the seminal vesicles or work with the seminal vesicles, which then gets pushed through the muscles of the prostate, pretty much gets pushed into the urethra, hence to leave the body to then enter the female. So you have sperm in the testicles. It works with the epididymis, which creates very specific fluid and nutrients To protect the sperm on its journey. So it protects the sperm on its journey as it goes into the vas deferens. Again, that's what gets severed in a vasectomy. Then that goes up to the seminal vesicles, which produces seminal fluid, semen, which then mixes with the sperm, gets pushed into the urethra ejaculatory duct by the prostate to then shoot out and go into the female and you can look at pictures about this. If you're on our YouTube, because this is gonna be video based as well, I will have a picture for your reference. So if you're on our podcast and you want the visual, head over to the YouTube, which I will link so that you can see it. So my question was, okay, if the vast deference is getting severed, there's a couple of things that we can consider here is one, what does the epididis, epididymis make that now is not making its way up to the prostate? What does it make that potentially is cleansing and protective to the prostate? Because if you sever that, there's no more connection. There's no more connection of the testicles and the epididymis to, to the prostate. So, okay, so what, we got to consider that factor. The other factor we need to consider is what can happen Through the surgical process of severing the vas deferens, mobilization of bacteria, exposure to bacteria through unsanitary or non-sterile instruments, all possibilities. We'll go into that a little bit more in just a moment. But also, too, is if we sever this, can sperm or other fluid from the epididymis now leach or leak into the bloodstream? And can that cause problems? And pretty much the answer is yes to all three. So let's break this down so that we have a better understanding of each of these three possibilities. So first and foremost, what's normal with a vasectomy? So some bleeding with a vasectomy, maybe uh, blood accumulation in, in the testes, that can definitely happen. Inflammation is natural. That can definitely happen through a surgical procedure. Inflammation that persists can become a problem. Pain can definitely be a byproduct of a surgical procedure, but pain that persists could mean that there's possible infection. There can also even be granulomas, which are, um, you know, like hard growths that can occur in order to seal off The end of the vas deferens. It's like scar tissue, but if calcium comes to the area, it can create granulomas. So, all of these things are, are normal possibilities. So, inflammation, swelling of the testicles, scar tissue, you know, some minor bleeding that, you know, resolves within a week, two weeks, those things are normal. But some of the things that are classified as being less likely are. Surgical contamination due to, uh, again, non-sterile instruments being used, not crazy likely, but 100% possible. But if we want to talk about other possibilities for infections, We also need to think about the fact that most men, you very rarely hear men say, I have a urinary tract infection. You very rarely have men that know that they are a carrier of an STD like chlamydia. You know, gonorrhea, things like that are a bit more symptomatic. So that could be different, but overall, based on the anatomy of a male They usually don't have tons of symptoms, but can 100% have bacterial overgrowth in their urethra, their urinary tract. And it only becomes known when that bacteria starts to back up into the prostate, and the prostate gets inflamed, which then becomes painful. And that's when they know. I work with a lot of men that have an inflamed prostate and don't even know it. It's just found through a prostate exam or it's found in the blood testing when we do a PSA test. So I definitely think that men need to be more conscious of understanding like what equates to proper prostate health and even how to examine their own prostate and also to know like what they should be looking for with urination. So as we're on this topic, I'll just say, one of the questions that I ask men very often is, one, is your urine funny colors? Does it have funny odor, even if it's sometimes? Number two is, do you find that your urination starts and stops? So it's like you're urinating and it's it's starting and stopping or your stream is really weak or you go to urinate, you urinate a little bit. You feel like you don't get it all out. 20 minutes later, you've got to urinate again. Those are all signs that you could have inflammation in your prostate, number one. Number two is you could also have bacterial issues going on, creating inflammation in the urinary tract and the bladder. This could also be a sign of kidney stones, just an FYI. If you have a history of kidney stones, by the way, you should 100% be doing appropriate urine testing to figure out if you have latent bacteria because kidney stones or calcium is a protective prison. It actually will envelop different bacteria, different parasites or different types of infections to protect the organ. So calcium is usually present in the event that there is something toxic or harmful or foreign to an organ and it's trying to wall off that threat. Um, So again, good things for people to know, to understand you know, am I more at risk if I get a vasectomy? So there was a bit of a derail there as per usual, but going back to some of the things that are less likely or not as talked about with a vasectomy is one, as we just established, there could be bacterial infections that happen. That bacteria can get into the bloodstream and create systemic inflammation, which can then manifest as pain. It could be uh, pain issues, phantom pain. It could be brain fog. It could be fatigue. In some cases, this could also create calcium buildup because the bacteria is now in the blood vessels to create calcium buildup in the cardiovascular system because the calcium is trying to wall off the bacteria that is in the blood vessels. That equals atherosclerosis, plaquing, and this could happen very quickly. So this is another factor that can be considered, especially if you have random blood pressure issues that are now happening after a vasectomy. The other possible thing is that you cut that vas deferens, and now we have sperm, that is leaking into the bloodstream. And this could be due to improper surgical procedure, but this can also just happen naturally in this process. So if you have sperm that's leaching into the bloodstream, it's not supposed to be in the bloodstream. So that's what you have to understand is like your body makes it, but it's in your scrotum sealed off. And it's actually sealed off by something called your surgical. Sertoli cells. So, the same way that you have a barrier around your brain, you have a blood brain barrier. You also have a barrier in your gut because you would never want food proteins getting into your bloodstream. You only want nutrients passing out of your gut, vitamins, minerals. You want those passing out of your gut into your bloodstream, but you don't want food particles or bad bacteria passing into your bloodstream. So, you have a, ba- a barrier in your gut. You have a barrier around your brain because obviously toxins get in your brain bad. If infections get in your brain, bad, AKA people die from things like meningitis. So for fertility, which is one of the reasons why we exist as humans is to reproduce is your body, of course, is going to have a very, very specific protective mechanism to protect your sperm, to keep foreign bad guys out, toxins, infections included. So now we cut the vas deferens. We have sperm leaching into the blood. The blood's like, what the fuck is this? And it's going to create antibodies. It's going to say, bad guy, get this out of here. This is foreign. We don't know what this is. Let's get the immune system to come to the scene and deal with this because this is a threat. So what they have found is that one, the, the breakdown of the barrier around the the testicles and the sperm, okay, a breakdown in those search cells, has actually triggered a permeability, a leakiness of the blood brain barrier. So now we have this broken down blood brain barrier, which can allow one toxic shit to get into your brain And for those of you that are new here that don't know about how many fucking toxins we're exposed to, from the pesticides on your food to the heavy metals in your teeth, from your dental work and your fillings, from the mercury that's in fish, canned tuna included, from the toxins that are in your personal products, the lotions, the makeups, the hairsprays, the hair gels, literally you name it, we're being poisoned left and right. So if you don't know about that, listen to our podcast called Your Daily Dose of Toxins, which we had to do two parts because there was so much crap we had to cover that we were being exposed to on a day-to-day basis. So totally, again, derail. So again, now we have this breakdown, this leakiness in the blood-brain barrier. So one, we can now have a bunch of shit getting into the brain that was circulating in our body in the first place. Second to that is now we can also have, we have this, autoimmune attack on the sperm, which then can trigger an autoimmune cascade, which then can create an autoimmune attack on other parts of our body. And if we already had a vulnerability somewhere, then that is a perfect place for your immune system to prey on. So what I mean by that, okay, if you are a person who's had fatty liver, your person who's had gallbladder issues, those cells are toxic, weak, and vulnerable. So now your body kicks off an autoimmune cascade, and now weak tissue can essentially also have the immune system turn on it. So now not all, it, it started with the immune system trying to attack this foreign invader of sperm, but because the sperm keeps leaching, and now we have this massive upregulation of inflammation and this massive upregulation of the immune system, now we can have other autoimmune issues affecting other organs. That includes the neurological system. So overall, it becomes a shitstorm OK? So to sit here and break down and say, "This is exactly how it affects the, you know, anterior lateral portion of the spinal cord, or how this affects the frontal lobe, or how this affects the temporal lobe, we haven't gotten there in our research. And I don't know if we ever will, but what you need to understand is that autoimmunity, most of us are walking around with an autoimmune condition in the first place let alone if now we get a vasectomy and now we fuel the fucking fire. So just so you know, I've been doing this 10 years. In the past five years, I started running an autoimmune liver test. Um, It's called autoimmune hepatitis. And this is something I just, I I only learned about five years ago. In five years, I, I started running it on everyone because in the first couple of months that I knew about it, I'm a big proponent that if you don't have a healthy liver, you're not healthy. And I work with a lot of chronic illness so with that being said I was running this mar- this panel on everyone everyone was positive so now five years later 95 percent of the people that I work with have an autoimmune liver condition so if you have an autoimmune liver condition know it or don't you go get a vasectomy and now we fuel the autoimmune fire, you're going to have ramifications on your neurological system. And maybe because that's a true autoimmune attack on your neurological system, or because it's just a shitstorm of inflammation against your neurological system, which is now creating a different set of issues. It's not allowing you to produce neurotransmitters, it's not allowing for your neurons to fire, et cetera. So there are a lot of possibilities. The other aspect to this too, is that when we have this breakdown of this barrier, so if we have a breakdown of this Sertoli cells, now we break down that barrier, that creates a leaky blood brain barrier, and it creates a leaky gut barrier, we can easily have a ton of endotoxins dumping out of the gut, again, upregulating neurological inflammation. So there are a lot of avenues and a lot of opportunities for this neurological degeneration to start. The problem is, is that what we don't catch it or we ignore symptoms is when it can progress. So a standing question that I have been getting is, can I reverse my vasectomy? And the answer is yes, but it also is timing. How long? How how long ago did you get the vasectomy, number one? Number two is how progressed is your neurological symptoms? Do you have just brain fog and your memory is not great? Then maybe, and and maybe it's been a six months to a year, maybe you're a good candidate for the reversal. If this has been five years and you have numbness, tingling, balance issues, loss of speech, loss of of short-term and long-term memory, I don't know if a reversal will help. So I'm not saying that you're a lost cause by any means. There is a lot that can be done to calm the immune system, decrease the inflammation, help the gut be better, help the liver work better, help the brain and the lymphatic system to work better. So it's not that you're doomed, you're screwed. It's just a matter of, we need to understand the bigger picture here because the vasectomy was a catalyst that allowed other things that were brewing in the back to become more problematic. And I think that's a huge point that people need to understand. The other thing that you're going to see in the featured studies here is that there has been a connection in studies of vasectomies creating a higher probability to prostate cancer. And again, this is not an absolute. This doesn't mean every person who's getting a vasectomy eventually is going to have Uh, prostate cancer. That, That is definitely not what we're saying here. What we're saying is that there is now something that is allowing your prostate to become more vulnerable. And that was something that I found extremely interesting that is being totally overlooked and really not even showcased in the research that I was finding about the prostate cancer connected to vasectomies is my, I want to know why, like why, what is, what is the anatomical and physiological reason for this? And the reasoning is that you have the sperm produced by the testes, and then you have this little gland called the epididymis, which is connected. And it's there to create this massive protection to the sperm. So what you find is that the epididymis plays a role in producing something called exosomes. And these exosomes are proteins and antioxidants, nucleic acids and lipids. So one is these exosomes are very nourishing and cleansing to the prostate. So that's one thing to understand is, so that secretion goes up to the vas deferens, goes up to the seminal fluid, and then, or connects to the seminal fluid, and then goes to the prostate, very, very cleansing. The other thing too, is that as the sperm and the epididymal exosomes and fluid mix together, that then creates, um, it triggers the seminal vesicles, which you have to go through the vas deferens again to get to the seminal vesicles, which makes the semen, Seminal fluid that also produces a ton of uh, vitamin C and that then goes to the prostate. So again, we're we're now totally cutting off any of the nourishment and the exosomes from the epididymis that could be beneficial for the prostate, but also if the sperm and the exosomes never come in contact with the seminal vesicles again, which it doesn't after the, the vasectomy, then we don't have the seminal vesicles producing that vitamin C that major antioxidant that is again protective and cleansing to the prostate so pretty much the moral of the story is is we reduce a, a beneficial cleansing of the prostate but because of the lack of antioxidants we have less protection against different bacterias that can come in through the end of the penis Into the urinary tract that then will back up into the prostate. So it's like a double edged sword. So from the testicles up, we are not necessarily getting the nourishment and the cleansing and the antioxidants that help the prostate. But now we also have less protection. And now we are more vulnerable to external bacteria that can come in via the urethra, urinary tract, which can come from. Touching it. It can come from, it can come from sex. It can come from any of those things. So, this is also something that if you've had a vasectomy, you need to be more conscious of your reproductive health or your urinary tract health. It's really a matter of, you know, if the tip of your penis feels sensitive, if it, you know, feels irritated, if you're having slight burning with your urination, chances are there's something that could be bacterial, it could be fungal, it could be any of that, that is affecting that urinary tract. So don't just push it off so that it eventually then works its way into the prostate or even into the bladder and becomes a bigger issue. So overall, what I really want you guys to take away from this is that there are no absolutes. So if you've had a vasectomy, it's a It doesn't mean that you will have cardiovascular issues, that you will have neurodegeneration or prostate issues. But if you do have any of those things going on and you've had a vasectomy, then it's time to dig in to understand more of what's going on with your body. Because again, that vasectomy was probably not the root cause, but it was probably a catalyst to an inflammatory cascade, an autoimmune cascade, which then fueled the other things that were going on in the body. And again, unless you are fully immersed in the health and wellness field and you actively take supplements, exercise, do detox therapies, you are not exempt from this conversation. Because as I said before, there are so many friggin' toxins and infections that we are exposed to on a day-to-day basis that is what's creating the catalyst to vulnerabilities, It's creating the catalyst to chronic illness. It's creating the catalyst to this massive upregulation in autoimmunity. And it is all things that we need to stop living in this world of like, I don't want to do testing. I don't want to know. Or like, oh, my symptoms come and go. And so it can't be that serious. My doctor came, gave me a clean bill of health. My blood work looks fine, but you feel like shit. Like we need to cut that out because I can't tell you how many people are just like, oh, I'm never going to do testing. I don't even want to know. Okay, cool. But what's going to happen is you're going to end up with some serious diagnosis and then you're going to be forced to to succumb to very intense therapies like chemotherapy and, you know, removals of organs, removals of part of your body. Like if that's the life you want to live, fine. But There is a lot of people that they want to be around for their grandkids. They want to be around for their kids, their spouse. They want to feel good every day. But I think a lot of people give up on that idea. They give up on the idea that they can feel good because they've created a new normal around feeling like shit. And I know that because it was me. I had no idea how shitty I felt, but I did the testing because I was really passionate about this industry. I did the testing being cocky as hell, thinking that everything was going to check out perfect. And when it came back that I had liver issues, I had gallbladder issues, I had neurological issues, I had parasites in my gut, I had mercury toxicity, I had all these things going on. And I was like, oh, whoa. So I could be that person that ignores this and says, no, I'm fine or I can take action and do something about it. And when I did something about it, I had this aha moment of, holy shit, I felt like crap and I didn't even know any different. I didn't know that having stomach aches occasionally wasn't normal. I didn't know that having bad sleep sometimes wasn't normal. I didn't know that my moods and my mood swings that I was blaming on hormones and PMS Was actually had to do with all this other stuff going on. I didn't know that my seasonal depression had to do with the toxins in my body and not the fact that I just wanted to run away to the sunshine. I didn't know that the fact that I was, you know, not going to the bathroom for a week at a time was not normal. And I also just was busy living my life and just trying not to think about these things. So, I'm a huge advocate for, know, for for helping you to know that you can wake up happy every day. You can have good sleep. You don't have to have gut issues. You don't have to be so careful on everything you eat because everything makes you sick. Like you don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be anxious. So I really want to empower people to get more data on their bodies. Understand where your body is at and what does it need and also be proactive in this. Don't wait until there's a million things going wrong. Listen, I understand we live in a model that has taught us don't fix it until it's broke. Like we all know that phrase and we all do it. Don't fix it until it's broke. We do we do it with our car, we do it with our bodies. And this is what's getting us into trouble and this is what's creating this epidemic of chronic illness depression, anxiety, autoimmunity, neurodegeneration, and so much more. So one is based on this conversation, a reversal might, you might be a candidate for depending on if you have minimal symptoms and, or you just don't have any symptoms and you want to make sure you don't get those symptoms. Definitely something to explore. Again, have data, get data on your body beyond just the vasectomy understand more about what's going on your with your body as a whole. Number 2 is let's say you did get the vasectomy you're not a candidate for the reversal and you want to know what the heck can I do? These are going to be general recommendations that could be good, but again, everything should be personalized based on the data of your body. But there is a thing called yoni steams. These are things that women do. They, w- they do it for reproductive health. They do it if they have reoccurring urinary tract infections. They do it if they have reoccurring uh, yeast infections or bacterial vaginosis. But we have found that there has actually been benefit for men using this in order to help the lymphatic drainage of their groin and also to help with inflammation in the prostate. The biggest thing is, is when you do a yoni steam, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. When you do a yoni steam, you have to protect the testicles um, because you don't want to compromise sperm. So again, if you're just someone who has you're trying to be proactive in your prostate health, then protect the testicles. Um, I think regardless, even if you have a vasectomy and obviously that sperm is not something that you're trying to protect, I, I would still protect the integrity of your testicles. So these yoni steams can be utilized by men to overall help with the prostate and the overall lymphatics of the pelvic bowl and the groin. If you are someone who bikes a lot, This is something that you definitely want to consider because if you're constantly biking, you could easily have a lot more scar tissue and lymphatic congestion in that groin area uh, more than you realize. Infrared saunas. Infrared saunas is going to give you an overall benefit to your muscles, your joints, your lymphatic system, and it also helps to heat you from the inside out so that you can burn off uh, anything that is toxic or harmful in the body. So I very often, if people are going to do infrared saunas, I really suggest being on binders. If you don't know much about that, um, I would highly recommend taking a look at a company called uh, CellCore, and, uh, you know, talking to somebody on their team if you're not working with a practitioner. And then also being able to, you know, have a physician that can really help you navigate how to use binders appropriately. Cause one, they're not all created equal. Number two is you can definitely create symptoms if you don't know what you're doing. The other thing too, is scar tissue work. There are a lot of men that have dealt with hernias um, or again, scar tissue from uh, over biking or doing other things um, in that arena and scar tissue is something that can also create adhesions in the prostate gland or the lymph nodes surrounding the prostate gland. In addition to that is uh, when we work with men that are trying to work on their prostate or even just generally their reproductive organs, urinary tract, we recommend infrared red light very often. This is something that they can use um, and like either squat over it or just have it in front of them hitting the lymph nodes of that pelvic bowl groin area. And this is something that is very simple, very easy, very cost effective, that is extremely beneficial as well. Um, There are obviously an array of different supplements that are very beneficial for helping to support the urinary tract and the prostate. I highly recommend working with a seasoned practitioner that can help to customize these supplements for you based on testing. Um, I really do not advocate for people doing random supplement protocols that they read about online. Um, One, they can stir things up. Two, they can make you feel like shit. Or three, they can create problems that you didn't have in the first place. So you need to be extremely responsible Uh, when it comes to supplement protocols, because if you're doing good supplementation, it's powerful. Like it's, it's good quality herbs. Like it can really be powerful, but if you don't know what you're doing, it can create problems. So I really recommend to work with a practitioner that knows what they're doing, that's leveraging various data points and being able to give you a personalized protocol that is very, very specific to you. So I know that there was a lot of follow up questions around okay if a vasectomy is not in the cards for us after listening to this content then you know would a tubal ligation or a female getting her tubes tied would that be a better option And is there any types of side effects associated with that? In all transparency, I don't know. Uh, This is something that I'm going to do a little bit more research on to understand. I personally have not had any women come through my office that have had major issues post tubal ligation. So with that being said, is this is something that I hope to bring you more information about, but I hope that this was valuable for those of you that are thinking about a vasectomy or have odd symptoms post-vasectomy. And if you are looking to dive into the research of some of the things that I referenced in this podcast, uh, please take a look at the links below so that you can take a look for yourself and just understand a little bit more in depth about what was yielded from these studies. But I also hope that um, I was able to make sense of it uh, and also provide you with a real-life understanding because Uh, A lot of what we see in research or a lot of what we see in textbooks does not always mimic what we feel or see in real life. All right, guys, until next time, uh, I hope you enjoyed it and we will be able to educate you on the next one. And I hope this was empowering for those of you um, that are thinking about a vasectomy. Or have one. We thank you for being a listener and subscriber to Integrative Wellness Radio. If you're looking to learn more about Integrative Wellness Group as well as Dr. Nick or Dr. Nicole, you can check out integrativewellnessgroup.com.